1: your championship. Listen to this crowd.
0: Braves and baseball talk straight from the diamond. Here's Grant McCauley. Hello, and welcome to another episode of From the Diamond. I'm Grant McCauley, and it's time for our weekly Braves chat. This one happening a few days late because I wanted to get in the results of the big series that happened at SunTrust Park over the weekend. And that, of course, was the Braves taking two out of three from the L.A. Dodgers. And that followed up a series went over the Mets as well. So a lot of good things to talk about there. But a lot of other things that occurred in this homestand so far for Atlanta. Of course, there were some injuries, some signings, some comings, some goings, a lot of transactions to get you caught up on. And a very memorable game on Sunday that the Braves came back and beat the Dodgers And Ronald Acuna Jr.'s early exit was certainly making the news as well. We'll get to all of that in this episode of From the Diamond. Before we get started, I want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Ratings and reviews are very much appreciated. Keep those coming in. Those definitely help out the show immensely. Also, connect with the show on social media. You can find it on Twitter at FromTheDiamond underscore. And you can find me on Twitter at Grant McCauley, G-R-A-N-T-M-C-A-U-L-E-Y. And on Instagram, you can find the show at FromTheDiamond, no underscore. And I am at Grant McCauley on Instagram as well. I'm doing a Braves Alumni Weekend Giveaway. Be sure to go over to Instagram and check that out. Get yourself entered. All you have to do is be following along. And I'll pick a random follower sometime this week for the prize pack for the Braves Alumni Giveaway, again, that I'm doing over on Instagram. And of course, you know, every episode of the show and everything else I'm doing can be found over at FromTheDiamond.com. So make sure to check that out. Subscribe to the podcast. The likes, the shares, the retweets, all of that is very much appreciated to get the word out on From The Diamond to all the fellow Braves fans out there listening to the show and maybe some that would like to listen to it for the first time. All right, with all that out of the way, let's get into what was a very eventful week for the Braves. Since last we spoke, they split a series against Miami, which I think was disappointing for a lot of folks just based on the head-to-head battles between the Braves and the Marlins, had been fairly one-sided. Atlanta had really handled business, but Miami was a little bit more plucky this series and was able to beat up on Dallas Keuchel and win a game there. Also staged a comeback on the Braves' bullpen, which was uh, no less than disappointing when you think about how much work has been done on that pen. But Atlanta still did escape, having split that series, and with a winning road trip after taking two out of three from the twins you come home you take a day off you get that homestand started against the new york mets you don't have to face jacob Degrom. you don't have to face noah Syndergaard. and the braves take two out of three in that series against a club in new york that i really feel like maybe it was a bit of smoke and mirrors since the all-star break when they went out and got marcus stroman went on quite a run against some of the bottom feeder teams and then they lose the series against the braves it very well Might start sending the Mets teetering back toward not only the middle of the pack in the division, but also out of reach in that wild card race with about half a dozen teams vying for those two spots. With the Mets out of town, it only got more challenging for the Braves as the LA Dodgers rolled in, took the opener in comeback fashion. But then Saturday and Sunday, we saw the Braves begin to flip the script just a bit. Atlanta got some key home runs, but I would say the MVP for Atlanta may have just been the bullpen much maligned throughout the season these guys have been kind of a punching bag especially when you look at some of the games that have slipped away it ain't easy to close these things out and that's exactly why the Braves went out and got Shane Green and Mark Melanson and Chris Martin those three guys as well as Luke Jackson and Sean Newcomb who got roughed up in the opener of the series all came up huge for the Braves with great performances on Saturday and on Sunday along with others to help close out those games and put two wins in the books against the LA Dodgers and that is no easy task that's the Braves' first series win against L.A. since way back in 2015. So a lot of things had to go right, and for the Braves, they definitely did. Much more things went right over the weekend than went wrong on Friday night, and Atlanta has to be feeling pretty good about that as it gets set for the Marlins to roll into town to wrap up this homestand this week. So that's the view from 30,000 feet on what's been going on for the Braves, who split a series against the Marlins and then one back-to-back series against the Mets and the Dodgers, But let's hear from some of these guys on some of the storylines that have unfolded throughout the last 10 games for Atlanta because there's been no shortage of storylines and intrigue wrapped up in the last week and a half for the Atlanta Braves. As that big showdown with the Dodgers got started on Friday night, Mike Soroka pitched great into the seventh inning. The Braves had a 3-2 lead, but then the Dodgers got into the Atlanta bullpen, hit a couple of home runs off Sean Newcomb in that seventh, and went ahead for good to win the opener of the series. Making matters worse for the Braves was the loss of center fielder Ender Inciarte, who had to leave the game after suffering a right hamstring injury. Come to find out on Saturday morning, Ender had suffered a grade 2 strain of his right hamstring. That's going to cost him four to six weeks. He's hoping to be back before the regular season is over or be ready for playoffs, if nothing else. But it could be a difficult road back when you suffer an injury like that with very little time left in the season. And the question becomes, how are you going to get the at-bats and the playing time to rehab properly from this and be able to help the club when the playoffs come around so it'll be interesting to see what the timeline is for ender and how quickly he's able to ramp things up and get back to baseball activities of course that wasn't the only storyline going into that series against the dodgers as the braves made some roster moves and one in particular that folks have been wondering about i think for a while and that was optioning johan camargo back to triple-a gwinnett where he can go get some regular at-bats because his struggles on both sides of the ball are something that the braves simply could not ignore anymore And with that in mind, the Braves signed veteran shortstop Adani Echeverria, who came in and was inserted into the starting lineup immediately on Friday and played very well throughout the Dodgers series, both with the glove and at the plate. Coming into the season, Camargo was looked upon as kind of a Swiss Army knife, a guy that you were going to love to have who was going to get some playing time at multiple positions and be able to come off the bench and make an impact on the club this year. That has not been the case, and that's something that general manager Alex Anthopoulos discussed at length when Camargo was optioned back to Gwinnett.
1: You know, I, I wish I could tell you, I mean, if it could be, there's a million things, I think I've said this in an interview before, we can craft all kinds of narratives. Was it not playing during the winter like he did the year before through late January? Was it not getting regular reps playing time here? Uh, was it trying to press maybe when he was playing and did get those starts? Hard to say, but I think like anything else, I think, you know, we talked to him, going down, getting every day at bats, trying to get his timing back. You know, he's still a young man with all the ability in the world. He should get back to what he was.
0: The Braves are hopeful Camargo will go down and benefit from being able to play every day and maybe taking a little bit of pressure off himself at AAA as well. As for Echeverria, he's a veteran shortstop who's been known for his work with the glove, not so much with the bat, and Alex Antopoulos discussed the reasons why they went out and made this move.
1: I was there in Toronto when we signed him as a 20-year-old, so, so he's always been a good defender, a light bat, but just someone that adds depth, solidifies things for us. You know, beyond that, we wanted to get Johan going. We had talked about it throughout points of the year about getting him down to get every day at bats. So with the way things are set up right now after the trade deadline, you know, to have someone like Adaini available, we get to have everybody and continue to have our depth and solidify things in the infield.
0: The idea is to have Adaini Echeverria playing every day at shortstop as the Braves await the return of Dansby Swanson, who's begun ramping up his baseball activities, but will still need a rehab assignment before he rejoins the major league club. Swanson has been sidelined with that bad heel for the better part of three weeks now, and the Braves felt they needed to make a move to at least shore up the defense, and whatever they can get offensively, I think, out of etcheverria is a bonus. As for what to expect out of etcheverria at this stage in his career, Alex Antopoulos believes there's still some tread on the tire and some improvements he can make to play a little bit better with Atlanta.
1: You know, his sprint speed and things like that, if you look at Stackhouse, still good. There's some things we noticed with his infield play that, you know, we talked to Wash about and got his input and so on that, We think he can tweak or make some improvements on, so he's got the gifts and the talents to be a very good defender, but like anything, there's times when you can improve, so I don't know how that's going to translate. Wash is aware of it. He's going to spend time with him. Before we even went down this path, we had a meeting with Wash and Snit and Walt, former infielders, and just went through and pulled up some video and some things we noticed from our R&D department, You know, ask Wash, what do you think defensively? Where do you think he's going to be? What do you think you can do with him? So Wash likes the talent and was excited to work with him.
0: Now, Adding Echevarria to the infield defense certainly shores things up in the absence of Dansby Swanson. But with Inder Enziarte out, the Braves needed to make some kind of move to get themselves a little bit of an insurance policy as far as center field is concerned. With Ronald Acuna Jr. getting the majority of the looks out there with Enziarte's sideline for what could be the rest of the season. We've seen over the past four weeks that the Braves' depth has been tested in ways it simply was not in the first half, not only losing Ender Ciarte, but also the broken wrist for Nick Marcakis, Dansby Swanson's lengthy stay on the disabled list, and the scary knee injury that Austin Riley suffered that ended up not being as bad as initially feared, but still has him on the sideline. So the Braves needed to go out and do something as far as outfield versatility is concerned. Bringing up Rafael Ortega from the minor leagues has provided a bit of a feel-good moment we'll talk about in just a minute but the Braves may have been looking for somebody with just a little bit more major league experience and they got their man on Monday as they claimed Billy Hamilton off waivers from the Kansas City Royals. Hamilton is a switch hitter who is certainly not known for his bat, but his elite speed on the base paths and his great work in center field defensively earned him a shot with Atlanta. The Braves will be paying him about $900,000 remaining for this year and a $1 million buyout of a $7.5 million option, though most certainly decline. But for Atlanta, this gives them a weapon off the bench that they can use both on the base paths and in center field late in games, and they can move Ronald Acuna Jr. perhaps back over to right field or left field for defensive purposes. It just gives Brian Snitker a couple of more options he did not have. I don't expect Hamilton to get many at bats because he's not going to start in center field over Acuna and the Braves need all the offense they can get on the corners. And unfortunately, Hamilton is really not known for his offensive profile, and that's something that's unlikely to change as he approaches the age of 30 here in the next, what, 18 months. Regardless, Hamilton is just the kind of versatile weapon the Braves were looking for. While he may not be starting, he could help the Braves close down some games and make some very big plays with his legs on the bases or perhaps out in center field as well. Getting back into that Dodgers series, I think one of the most memorable moments came from an unlikely source, an unlikely power source at that, as Rafael Ortega hit a go-ahead grand slam that sent the Braves to the win on Sunday and the series victory over the Dodgers as well. Now, Ortega's a guy that had seen some major league time for three different teams over the last six or seven years, but not a guy who's ever been able to stick. The Braves brought him in into spring training, just kind of adding some depth, looking to have somebody on the ready at AAA just in case injury struck. And as it turned out, that proved to be a pretty valuable signing. Brian Snitker got the chance to get to know Ortega way back in spring training, and the outfielder made quite the impression at the time then he went to A Gwinnett and put up a great season, in fact a career year for him as he came up leading the International League in extra base hits with career highs across the board in virtually every offensive category, and his Grand Slam on Sunday turned the game around for the Braves. Snitker said he was happy to see Ortega have that big moment to help out this team when it was needed most.
2: That was awesome for him. I mean, he went to A and... Didn't say a word, just had a really solid year down there and got a chance to come up here and contribute. And, you know, he got a big hit the other day. He won a game for us today. Good for him. You know, shows a professionalism and speaks volumes to the person that that, uh, Rafi is.
0: Injuries are something Atlanta's had to deal with a lot in the second half, and it's something that every club realizes at some point during the season is very likely, if not inevitable. One of the guys who's been around and served in a role of filling in when injury is struck has been Charlie Culberson. He's done a little bit of everything for the Braves, including some time at shortstop, some time in the outfield, and anything else the Braves have asked and or required for him to do, he has stepped up and done it. And Culberson, who's done this job for quite a few teams, including the L.A. Dodgers club that just left town, said the Braves realized they simply have to overcome with the next man up.
3: It's going to happen at some point during the season, and for us, I feel like you know we lost Ender somewhat early. But for the most part, we were pretty healthy, and our guys were in there every day. And then uh, lately, with... You know, Dansby going out and Cakes and, and Austin and then they like, we've had a few more guys, you know, go down to the injury bug. It is what it is. You know, again, it's at some point it's going to happen and we just have to all kind of be ready and and step up when, you know, when our name's called. But, you know, we got a lot of good players, got a, good, a lot of depth here. So um, we just got there and play baseball.
0: Adding a Danny Echeverria and Billy Hamilton are moves that could help the Braves defensively speaking and hold down the fort until Dansby Swanson gets back in the case of Echeverria – that's exactly what the Braves are going to be asking of him for the immediate future. Meanwhile, the Braves made a whole bunch of moves when you look back at the trade deadline, trying to get things on track in the bullpen. Those moves have had some ups and downs, and particularly a rough start for all three relievers coming over, Chris Martin from the Rangers, Mark Melanson from the Giants, and of course Shane Green, who came over from the Tigers as an all-star closer. Despite shuffling the rolls around just a bit from the time those men were acquired, the Braves have tried to be patient, and Brian Snitker continues to give them opportunities to step up when they're needed and it would appear that all three men were up to the challenge in one of the biggest series of the season as the Braves took two out of three from the Dodgers and all three men were big reasons why in games two and three the Braves beat the Dodgers on Saturday night by a 4-3 score and after Sean Newcomb tossed an inning and a third of scoreless relief Luke Jackson allowed one run on a solo homer then Green came in and struck out the side and Melanson came in and nailed down the save that's exactly what the Braves wanted to see from two of their new additions and then on sunday it was all three men who stepped up to help beat the dodgers by a 5-3 score in the seventh eighth and ninth it was martin green and melanson again with three scoreless innings combined no base runners a couple of strikeouts and the braves put a 5-3 win in the books to take that series from the high-flying dodgers there's no doubt the struggles of green were the most pronounced his first half a dozen outings with the braves he allowed seven runs all of them earned on 13 hits and a couple of walks two home runs tossed in there and four strikeouts over four and a third innings The absurd stat, if you want to look at it, is the fact that the batting average on balls put in play against Green was 647. That's a slow-pitch softball batting average. It just seemed like everything put in play was finding the outfield grass against Green, and all of that damage forced Brian Snitker to think on the fly, move Green out of the ninth-inning duties, and put Mark Melanson in there. Last three outings for Green, though, you can feel a lot better about. Three scoreless innings, four strikeouts, including punching out the side on Saturday against the Dodgers as good as he has looked since coming over from Detroit and perhaps Green is finding his footing after changing leagues, changing teams, and of course going from a last-place squad like the Tigers to a first-place team like the Braves. Meanwhile, Melanson came over and pitched pretty well in his first four appearances, tossing shutout ball. As soon as he was put into the closer's role, Melanson promptly coughed up four runs in a third of an inning in a loss to the Marlins on August the 10th and four days later got hit around for a couple of runs on four hits against the Mets, a game which the Braves won. Last two outings have been without incident, and Melanson has picked up three saves in his last four appearances, just what the Braves needed from one of their new additions. We'll see if he's able to grab a hold of that job and pitch up to the all-star form he displayed, mostly with the Pittsburgh Pirates throughout his career. For all of those men, it wasn't about learning how to pitch or forgetting how to pitch since coming over from their respective teams. But it was about getting acclimated with Atlanta and fitting in with this bullpen, something Brian Snitker discussed after the series went over the Dodgers.
2: You know, the whole thing is just kind of getting them here and an eye test. Let them get comfortable in their new surroundings. It's not an easy thing to be traded into a contender and jump into that room. I know that room in there makes everybody feel welcome. Everybody feel like they're apart. But still, I mean, you're human and and it takes a while to settle in. And they're just getting here and get settled in and kind of, you know, we're in a point right now they kind of know when they're going to pitch and, and they've been successful major league pitchers. There's no reason to think that they weren't going to be. Like I say, there's a little adjustment period I think sometimes and, you know, they're pros. You know, they're established pros and confident in their abilities and so it's just going to, you know, kind of new just coming in It's probably going to be a matter of time because they dropped in here out of the sky one day and so it's credit to them. They just keep fighting, keep wanting the ball. That's the thing. These guys all want the
0: ball. It was a big weekend for the Braves who stepped up to top the Dodgers and take two out of three, beating L.A. in a series head-to-head for the first time since 2015, but the way they won on Sunday was fascinating. It wasn't just the Ortega Grand Slam, which was not to be expected if you were to have scripted the series out, but baseball is funny like that, and sometimes the last person you'd expect comes up with the big hit or pitches the big inning or makes the big play that you need to win a game and or a series. But one of the big stories coming out of Sunday was the removal of Ronald Acuna Jr. in the fourth inning following an incident in the third inning in which he hit a ball high off the wall, which is great, but did not run and ended up at first base and was caught stealing after that. And it's a play that, knowing Ronald Acuna Jr.'s speed, he should have been standing on second base at the very least, just given how fast he is and given the fact that runs are at a premium in this series and the Braves need a guy like that in scoring position as the heart of the order follows. While Acuna's personality and style and bravado were some of the things that really make you gravitate towards him as a fan and make you appreciate him as a general spectator of the sport, he brings that level of excitement. You always want to tune in and watch him because he's must-see TV. But on this particular day and on that particular play, it ended up hurting the team as he spent some time admiring a fly ball that didn't get out of the ballpark. I think that's a really important thing to throw out there as we dissect this. There's nothing wrong with admiring a home run. The problem becomes when you're admiring a home run that ends up not being a home run, not getting out of the park, and you end up at first base, then compound the issue by getting thrown out, trying to steal. There's really no two ways about it. It just wasn't the right play at the right time from a player who is all kinds of talented and plays the game at the highest level possible among the best players in all of baseball at the tender age of 21. But as a young player, and as we've seen in the past, Sometimes a lesson needs to be learned, and this game is full of teaching moments. And for Brian Snitker, he removed Ronald Acuna Jr. from the game and explained why following Sunday's victory.
2: Yeah, he didn't run. You know, you got to run. You got to. You know, it's just not. It's not going to be acceptable here. I mean, there's as a teammate, you're responsible for 24 other guys, and that name on the front is a lot more important than the name on the back that jersey, and, and um, you just you can't do that. We're trying to accomplish something and do something special here, and personal things got to be put in the back burner. You just you can't let your team down like that.
0: Now this is not something we see too terribly often, but I think anybody who's been a Braves fan for a while remembers Bobby Cox having a very similar incident with Andrew Jones back in 1997. Now the difference was Andrew was out playing defense and let a ball fall in, in front of him, a ball that should have been caught and could have been caught by someone as talented as Andrew 99 times out of 100 so i think the message was sent when andrew was immediately taken out of the game and we'll get to that in just a moment but as far as the conversation between brian snicker and ronald acuna jr the Braves manager discussed exactly how that went down
2: it was mature like he owned up to it he accepted you know it, i don't i know he knew he screwed up and good for him like i said it's over he'll learn from it and we'll go forward and everybody will be all the better for it
0: some folks may have been wondering, why do you not take Ronald Acuna Jr. out of the game immediately? Because I didn't want to do that to Adam Duvall.
2: It's, it's kind of like I've learned in the past when you jump that and you punish that guy. He didn't do anything, you know, and, and if we go out there, we're shorthanded, and they hit a ball in the gap, and he's an outfielder, and he blows a hamstring, then what good is that? I want to make sure that he got time to get loose, and so I didn't punish him.
0: The focal point of all of this is the Braves young star in Acuna, who many times has admired home runs, but the difference in this was it wasn't a home run, and as one of the fastest players in baseball, the fact that he was not standing on second base after a very lengthy stay around the home plate area to admire that blast into right field, that was what drew the criticism, and for the manager of a team with 24 other teammates that expect some level of accountability, there was a lesson to be had in this incident. And it's a lesson that resonated loud and clear with the Braves' budding star outfielder.
3: Yeah, he just uh, sat me down and just told me, hey, you know, the reason this is happening is he didn't run that one out. You know, there's no excuse for it. So I just kind of took it and said, of course. And like I previously said, he's the manager and I'm the player and I will ultimately respect his decisions.
0: This was uncharted territory for Acuna, who's always been one of the most talented players on any team that he's ever played on. So getting pulled from a game is probably not something he spent too much time thinking about, even after a lapse in judgment. As for the discussion that happened at the bottom of the fourth inning, it wasn't really one Acuna had ever really expected to have.
3: No, just because it could be told it's never happened before. So I wasn't thinking about it as that being the case. But like I said, it was one of those things that was unintentional, just something that kind of slipped really the way it happened. So I wasn't expecting anything, but
0: I still respect it. I know a lot of people were kind of been out of shape about it online, and everyone is entitled to looking at it in different ways because this wasn't an easy situation on either side. You've got a young and talented player who makes an impact on the game on a seemingly nightly basis, and I don't really blame him for having a lapse in judgment. I don't think that's really the point here, and I certainly don't think he needs to go on trial or anything of the sorts, but I think the biggest thing is, again, looking at the context of that play. Admiring a home run, I think, is something that a lot of people enjoy, the showmanship that goes with that, but one of the biggest things about the situational awareness that I think you have to have is that would have been a two-run home run, which is great, but you still would have been trailing in that game. It's still the third inning. It's still a team like the L.A. Dodgers, which is going to be a tough road ahead over the next six or seven innings to keep them off the board. So I'm not saying don't celebrate whatsoever. If you want to flip your bat and you hit a home run, that's great. But what takes away from all of that and all of the arguments for what is or is not acceptable in the new school or the old school or the old ways or the unwritten rules or whatever it is, is the fact the ball did not go over the wall. And when you have a player who's as fast and as talented as Ronald Acuna Jr. on the bases, having him at first base after spending a lengthy time at home plate and not having the awareness to realize, hey, that's a really tall wall in right field. This may not get out. Let me make sure that worst case scenario, I'm at first with a chance to take second if the ball caroms down. He didn't even have the opportunity to do that. The situation then got compounded because everybody, including the Los Angeles Dodgers, knew that he was going to try to steal second base and while he got a great jump and nearly stole that bag a great throw on a pitch out gunned him down and that was a somewhat sour ending to what was a forgettable half inning for Ronald Acuna Jr. the biggest thing about this and I think when you go back and look at it from the scope of Bobby Cox and Andrew Jones to the scope of Brian Snitker and Ronald Acuna Jr. is that this was simply a teaching moment and nothing else now the Braves won this baseball game which is great And I understand the frustration of people that look at it and say, you could have cost your team the game by taking this guy out and playing shorthanded for the rest of the day. The fact of the matter is, I think that for the 25 men in that clubhouse, plus the coaches, obviously the manager, the coaching staff, all of the guys that put on that Braves uniform, there's a certain level of accountability that needs to be built into going out to play together. And that particular act was not one that lent itself to being in the best interest of his teammates. I think that you saw some passion from Freddie Freeman. I think looking down the rail, if I'm not mistaken, I saw Kevin Seitzer, if not one of the other Braves coaches, kind of banging their hands on the top of the railing as Acuna got to first base and was not in scoring position for the heart of the lineup that's going to be coming up after him after hitting a ball off the top of the wall. That's a play that should be a double, and I think that that built into the manner in which he ran or did not run the bases in that particular incident I think it's just an opportunity to say exactly what Brian Snitker said. The name on the back is secondary to the name on the front in the interest of winning ball games. This was a teaching moment, a learning opportunity for a young player who's going to be around for a long time and is going to be among the best players in the game of baseball for, I would say, the next decade, if not more. And this doesn't need to be a point that's belabored and brought up time and time again. I think the issue's been handled. I know Brian Snitker said as soon as the head hits the pillow at the end of the day, You go to sleep, you wake up, and tomorrow's a new day. Rays get an off day on Monday. They get a brand new series. On Tuesday, Ronald Acuna Jr. will be back in the starting lineup, hitting leadoff and playing center field. Nothing about that changes. But the opportunity to show somebody one of the most important parts of playing on a team, and that's the accountability, one man to the next, that's a lesson worth teaching. And unfortunately, that lesson can come in different forms, at different times, for different players. That just happened to be one that Ronald Acuna Jr. learned from on Sunday. And he's a very smart and talented kid. I think he's going to learn this lesson, move right on, and his talent's going to continue to speak volumes because, again, he's one of the best players in all of baseball, and the Braves are very happy to have him. And think about this as well. Ronald Acuna Jr., about a year ago, was hit by a pitch by Jose Urania. the first and loudest advocate for Ronald Acuna Jr.'s treatment and the way that the Marlins did him wrong in that particular situation, and Urania in particular. It was Brian Snitker brian snitker was the man who was heated passionate battling for his player in that situation so when you talk about accountability you'll get the good from a player's manager which means the support and the caring but you're not going to be coddled when you make a mistake or when you do something that could potentially hurt the team that's when the teaching moments come in and that i think is what makes brian snitker a man who's respected in that clubhouse and has the braves motivated to play for him each and every night he fills out a lineup card As a wrap up this episode of From the Diamond, let's hear from a couple of guys that are doing some big things in the Braves' starting rotation. And lately, Max Freed has looked a lot like the pitcher who opened the year on such a roll for the Braves before having some highs and lows in the middle portion of the season. Just take Sunday's start, for example. Freed gave up a three-run homer to Cody Bellinger as the Dodgers jumped out to a big lead, and it looked like it might be a short day at the office for Max. But after getting out of trouble in the first, navigating through some in the second, he locked it down and did not allow another run for the remainder of his start, reaching the fifth inning when many people thought he might not even get out of the second. As it turned out, covering those innings was big, and the Braves' bullpen did the rest. The Braves got the grand slam from Ortega, and all of a sudden, it went from a game that looked like it could be out of hand from the very first inning on to a win for the Braves that gave them the series. After spending some time on the injured list with that recurring blister issue, Breed has looked very good in the month of August. 22 and a third innings for him, just seven walks, 26 strikeouts, The only home run he allowed was the three-run shot to Bellinger that was nearly caught and dragged back in by Ronald Acuna before the ball bounced out of his glove over the wall. For the month, Freed has a 2.01 ERA, and he's riding a five-game winning streak, and the Braves have won each of his last half a dozen starts. And Freed discussed what's been going right for him lately.
3: I mean, it just kind of feels like the way I was throwing the ball at the beginning of the year. Just not overthinking, trusting my stuff, and trusting the guys behind the dish and the homework and the just how much work they do and they see the game so differently and then also just trusting our defense. You know, you give them the chance to make some plays, they're going to do it.
0: Along with the steady brilliance of Mike Soroka and the way Freed's been pitching of late, the Braves are also getting some contributions from Mike Foltenevich. He returned from Triple A Gwinnett with the Braves winning each of his first three starts in his return to the big leagues. While the Dodgers worked up his pitch count and got him out after four and two-thirds innings on Saturday, Atlanta was able to come back and win that game as they got the best of Hunjin Ryu thanks to a two-run double from Ozzie Albies and timely home runs from Josh Donaldson and Adam Duvall. For Folty, it was another step forward following a start down in Miami in which things could have got out of hand in the sixth inning and Brian Snitker made a mound visit and opted to stick with Mike to get two big outs there, close out that frame, and the Braves picked up a 5-4 win when all was said and done. Bolton Evich said that confidence boost shown by Brian Snitker is some momentum he can carry over going forward.
3: Because sometimes, even though we don't have confidence in ourselves, you know, at that point in the game, sometimes when a manager um, comes out and says, How are you feeling? You know, I trust in you. We got a good matchup right here. You know, that just picked me up instantly. Um, you know, I don't know what came over me then, but when, yeah, when Snit came out and he said, Hey, I'm going to stick with you. You know, let's, let's battle, get these guys out. I like the matchup. Um, I knew I was going to get the outs, you know, no matter what. So, you know, that's what kind of you know confidence he brings out, you know, knowing that he wants me to stick out there. Um, it, it means the world.
0: We spent a lot of time talking about the bullpen in baseball in 2019 because every team seems to want to swing that door open as soon as a starting pitcher gets in trouble. But for Mike fulton or any other starter, there is a certain level of personal pride about wanting to go as far as you can in a game, and that wasn't lost on him in the Marlins start, and it's a mentality he wants to carry with him every fifth day as he toes the rubber.
3: It's huge because, you know, that's a, our job as a starter is to go as deep as we can. And, um, you know, just, you know, how my season has kind of unfolded, that was just a big momentum pickup, you know, just for him to kind of just, you know, let me go through it myself. He's like, here's the ball. He's like, we know what you can do. I know what I can do, and I I did it. So, you know, just those little things. You know, it's huge and go from, you know, five and a third for placing the bullpen for all those innings and putting all that stress on to, you know, believing in myself to what I can actually do and going out there and actually doing it. You know, it's just a big step forward in in the process that I'm I'm having right now and it's only looking out for now. So it's been fun and, you know, just, you know, statistically and all that too. It's it's good just to go out there and, and get those innings in.
0: As the Braves approach this last six weeks of the season, getting as much as they can from Mike fulton and others in the rotation will be a huge part of their success, and will start to paint the picture of who exactly is going to get the ball, if the Braves can get themselves into October by winning the National League East and then playing the baseball that everybody waits all year to get to, and that's a march towards the World Series, and it's getting closer every single day. With that, we'll wrap up this episode of From the Diamond. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also follow along on social media. On Twitter, the show is at FromTheDiamond underscore. I am at Grant McCauley, G-R-A-N-T-M-C-A-U-L-E-Y. And the show's on Instagram, at FromTheDiamond, no underscore there. I'm also on Instagram, at Grant McCauley. And I've got a giveaway going this week, so make sure you check that out. All you have to do is follow along. You'll be entered to win. I'll pick a random winner sometime this week. And if you're looking to find everything that comes from the Diamond with the Atlanta Braves and otherwise, you can check out fromthediamond.com every episode of the show, all the articles and extra content I'm putting up throughout the season. As for what's next for the Braves, they'll be facing the Marlins in a three-game series. Then they'll hit the road for the remainder of the month of August, but we are winding down the stretch. And some big divisional battles will be happening to start the month of September as the Braves and the Nationals and the Braves and the Phillies will begin to battle it out. And we'll know a lot about the playoff picture for the Braves and who exactly will be standing tall in the National League East when those series are in the books. But that'll do it for this episode of From the Diamond. It is in the books. As always, I'm Grant McCauley, and we will catch you next time. So long, everyone.